0: Welcome to the Crossborder Border Interviews, the show where we sit down with local elected leaders from all corners of this great country. Over the course of this episode, we'll be learning about who our guest is, what drives them, and how they are working to make their community a better place for everyone who lives there. Now today, we are honoured to be sitting down with the District of North Vancouver Councillor Catherine Pope. But before we do that, I want to just take a moment and say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to all these great episodes that we've been producing over the last month. And thank you for just tuning in. If you can, hit that subscribe button to wherever you're listening to this, whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you're listening to this. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss a future episode. So with that, on to the interview. Councillor Pope, I want to thank you so much for doing this today. Greatly appreciate it. I know as municipal councillors, you are always busy. So taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down to talk about the role of municipal governments and the role of a councillor is always appreciative. I want to start with my basic question that I start off all my interviews, and you're no exception to that rule. And that question is, where did your sense of duty to serve your community come from, Catherine? Catherine.
1: You know, I think it came from my many years, a couple of decades in journalism. Um, I worked as a reporter across the country and for the last two decades um, until a number of years ago when I left uh, at Global TV in Vancouver. And, um, you know, through that job, you get to meet so many people and also you're covering issues and what's going on in people's lives every day. Uh, It's a fantastic job, and it also exposes you to the front lines of what's really going on in people's lives. So I think through that, I kind of developed an advocacy style of journalism, and I came to see how much um, sometimes just creating awareness or giving people a voice can make a huge difference in their lives. And um, I love that piece of it. Um, and after that, I, I got into communications and have been a communications consultant prior to becoming a counselor. But one of the reasons that I think is the biggest reason to get into local politics is because of advocacy, because you are advocating for your constituents day in, day out and meeting with people and talking to them about issues that matter in their backyards. And so for me, that That really, uh, at the end of the day, that's what kind of fires me up and and makes me feel like I'm making a difference in the world. And um, so that's why I chose it.
0: Before we get into the role of you as a counselor, I wanna go into a little bit of a backstory here, if possible. Growing up uh, as a journalist myself who went through journalism school in Ontario and then was a journalist out in uh, Saskatchewan and then Alberta and then uh, went into municipal politics and municipal governance. I, I I know that my, my path to politics was always uh, informed by the dinner table conversations with my mother and father. Uh, for you, was municipal politics discussed at the dinner table growing up? Or traditionally, was it the provincial and federal politics that I hear so often across this country?
1: <laughs> you know, I think it really crossed the gamut. Uh, my mother was the political one in our family. And uh, she was all about women's rights and equal rights. She was uh, at the forefront of the feminist movement. Um, So she planted a lot of seeds in me um, in terms of uh, many of those issues, and in particular, social justice issues, which, of course, cross all all lines. So I would say that there was a lot of everything at our uh, dinner table growing up.
0: When did you decide that you wanted to be a politician? Because I I never wanted to be a politician before I uh, decided to put my name forward in the first election I ran in 2010. But what was that moment for you when you said, okay, I'm gonna take what I've done in journalism as that advocacy journalist and uh, transpose it into being an advocate for the people around the council table. What was that moment for you that you said, okay, Time for a change and time for Catherine to put up or shut up. <laughs>
1: I'm not sure I thought of it that way. And to be honest with you, it wasn't a moment. It kind of evolved over time. It just took on kind of a natural progression. And, and, and when I decided to become or at least to run to become a politician, I, I actually wasn't really um, thoroughly convinced that it was a great fit for me having been uh, a journalist who always asked the tough questions and had quite a reputation for being a tough reporter. um, I I thought it might be quite difficult. And in fact, it it hasn't worked out that way at all. I think it is a great fit for any former journalist as you're probably aware of being one yourself. Um, So I think it's just evolved in time because my life has changed since being a journalist and I became a mom and I've been raising a child um, by myself and Um, The journalistic world and the the deadlines and hours didn't really, you know, quite fit with that, whereas this job, uh, because technically it is part-time in the District of North Van, we're only part-time counselors, even though many of us work um, full-time hours, um, it gives me a lot of flexibility. So, from a personal perspective, um, that's why uh, it seemed to be a great fit, but I think... um, In the bigger picture, in terms of politics itself, uh, what I saw was a district that um, needed more progressive voices on council. Um, I felt that um, over time I'd been seeing the previous councils, the majority on council, turn down all kinds of uh, important developments, social housing projects that we desperately needed and such. And um, when I went out campaigning, I heard that people, people there was such a, really an anger that surprised me among my neighbors and, and in the community about the, the lack of things getting done. So it was really a confluence of factors uh, that came together that determined uh, the next course of my, my actions and, and pushed me into the arena of uh, becoming a politician.
0: Was there any moment when you thought provincial or federal would have been a better choice for you? Or was it always municipally for you?
1: Absolutely out of the question as a single parent. You know, as a single parent in British Columbia, it's extremely hard to be a uh, provincial MP. Um, uh, sorry, provincial MLA, a uh, member of the legislature. There's a lot of women who, who actually are part of the NDP government here um, and somehow they make it work. But uh, as the capital is Victoria and I'm in Vancouver, that it, it, it's logistically, it just doesn't work. Um, and this is one of the big problems and my passion about trying to get more women into, into politics. Federally, completely out of the question uh, because you have to spend so much time commuting back and forth from Ottawa. And again, if you're in Vancouver, that's uh, it, it's, it's just it's, it's impossible to uh, be ha- raising a family by yourself while doing that. So no, completely out of the question. Wasn't even a consideration. Um, now that my daughter is grown, I would consider it. Um, But I'm enjoying this so much for the time being.
0: (laughs) You say one of your passions is women in politics, getting more women in politics. Now I just had the pleasure of hosting a round table with four uh, councillors from across Canada who uh, are all women and uh, we talked about the challenges and tribulations of what's going on across Canada when it comes to women in politics. Why do you believe, and I think it's an important question I need to ask, start asking a little bit more often, why do you Why do you want to see more women in politics?
1: Uh, well, for just about every reason, really. <laughs> I think women bring a completely different perspective uh, to the table and have certainly a lot to offer. Um, why do you think women uh...
0: aren't getting involved in politics?
1: For well, I think one of the biggest reasons is for is because of what I've just uh, outlined, the fact that they actually can't manage it uh, given the demands and the locations of um of where the political power structure exists. Yeah. So that's one of the big barriers is that women are still the primary caregivers in the home. Um, and so trying to make that work and be a politician is extremely challenging for women. And I, I have the highest regard for uh, women of all political stripes who are somehow managing to make it work. I, it just blows my mind that, that they do. They're such hard workers. And I think also um, many, uh, you know, they have a great support system and that's an extended family and such. And that's what makes it work. But I think um, just bringing, <laughs> bringing women's voices to the table on key issues that this country is facing is is uh, critically important, um, and I uh, at every at every level from municipal to federal, um, I actually think the NDP here in BC has done a really good job. Uh, with their own internal policies of ensuring that, um, that that there's equality around the around the table uh, in the government caucus, um, and that's really paid off over the years because we have many phenomenal women who are now in uh, provincial politics because of that because of that policy.
0: I want to go back to the first election 2022 when you get elected as the uh, counselor for the North Vancouver. And I want to make sure I get this right. It's the district of North Vancouver or the North Vancouver district. It's the
1: district of North
0: Vancouver district of North Vancouver. Now in one of your uh, earlier uh, questions, answers you you said you were surprised at some of the issues that you were uh, approached with when door knocking and as a journalist, you you go out there and you cover a lot of different stories. Were the issues that people were talking to you about at the door, were they related to municipal issues or were they a range of jurisdictional issues, whether it be provincial or federal, municipal, school board, parks? because one of the things that I try to do on this show is to educate people about the jurisdictional roles that municipalities have compared to provincial and federal. For you, when you were out door knocking, did you hear municipal issues or were they a range of jurisdictional issues that you were uh, discussed at the door?
1: Really, the things that people were the most upset about were municipal issues. I am happy (laughs) with that answer. I am
0: very happy with that answer right now, Catherine. (laughs)
1: Well, It's funny, you know, when you actually start talking to people, uh, these are the things that matter the most to them, you know, what's going on in their neighborhoods, um, in terms of the housing crisis, um, I mean, I just heard from so many people who were upset that their children couldn't move to the District of North Vancouver, or that their, you know, their parents, um, they never see them, or, um, uh, you know, we, businesses that can't get staffing because of the housing crisis, and um, they, you know, they're having trouble running their businesses because of it, labor shortages, etc. All of these things are top of mind for people. And of course, actually, the the one thing I haven't even mentioned is our transportation uh, problem, which is, which is, you know, a vexing issue uh, in the district because. Um, There's two bridges that come from Vancouver over to the North shore and um, and just getting people over and back to 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 jobs and and their lives um, stuck in traffic every day is a huge problem. Um, So these are all things that people face day in, day out. And so, yeah, these were the issues that people wanted to talk about when I was knocking on their doors.
0: Now, you're coming up to almost a year being in office from that last uh, j- uh, municipal election. Is it what you expected? Is the job what you expected when you put you decided to put your name for it? Because uh, the uh, being on the outside and then being on the inside are two different uh, uh, views. For you, was it what you expected when you decided to put your name on that
1: ballot? In many ways, it was a lot of what I expected covering the issues. Um
0: what was the and, biggest eye-opening thing about being an elected official in uh, the district of North Vancouver?
1: Hmm. The I tough think, questions, I know. <laughs> you know, I I actually continue to be challenged by the volume of uh, by the volume of the reading that uh, we do, uh, just to stay on top of, you know hundreds and hundreds of emails every week, which I know most people deal with, but um, there's no, like we don't have assistants who are, as you know, who are, you know, screening it and forwarding it and whatever. Um, So there's that and trying to be responsive to people. So that has surprised me a bit, Um, but it's been fine and it's interesting and I've figured out ways to make it work. Um, It's been quite a steep learning curve when it comes to um, a lot of the issues surrounding development and how all of those processes work. And one of the biggest complaints that I heard that we're currently trying to address is how slow the development approval processes are uh, in the district. And so I've been trying to get to the bottom of that for the last year as to how we can speed that up and give a greater sense of urgency to um, the the building of homes for people in the district. Um, We're getting there, (laughs) but as you know, things move very slowly at the municipal level. And I'm always on about well, how can we speed this up? And how can we streamline it? And how can we? And um, so I knew going in that things move very slowly, um, and I, that's probably one of my biggest frustrations of the job, actually trying to get stuff done. We're
0: we're going to talk about some of the issues in a few seconds here, but I, I want to talk about the the the. the, the the weight and responsibility of being a counselor for a second here before we turn to the uh, issues of what's going on in your community. Um, You have to make some pretty tough choices when it comes to budget, when it comes to development, and you have to live by those choices. How much weight and responsibility do you put on yourself every time you walk into that council chambers to be informed, to be knowledgeable about what you're going to be voting on, but also know that, Things could change someone could say something at that meeting that could sway your decision one way or the other and how much weight do you put on yourself to make those tough choices and then go face people in your community to say this is what we need to better our community and move it forward as a whole and not just your area of north vancouver versus my area of north vancouver Mm -hmm. yeah
1: the issue of nimbyism is is uh huge and (laughs) Uh, it's like i um i think my years of uh, training in journalism to see all sides and to listen to all sides of a story have really helped me in the, in this way um i really enjoy hearing from people who have different opinions than i do and i embrace it because i usually learn something um so from that perspective i think one can only do the best that you can to weigh all sides of an issue uh, and then proceed forward um, actually i i must share with you that um, people kept talking about what a difficult thing the budget was and it was uh especially as a you know a counselor a counselor newbie um but I really felt from the get-go that um, for many, many years, the district of, of North Van had actually um, not had its taxes high enough, that people weren't paying enough tax um, because we were we we certainly lack a number of facilities. Um, and, and again, what I heard out in the street was that people just wanted more things that enhance their lives. And so when we got into budget meetings and heard from the public, you won't believe this, but people actually showed up at the public hearings and said, I want to pay more tax. What? (laughs) Really? (laughs)
0: i think every every mayor and counselor who is listening to this right now is going can we transplant those residents into our community for like two
1: days at least wow right i was surprised we didn't get more publicity just on that (laughs) alone um
0: does that make your life easier because You'll get the people who are engaged who want to pay more taxes, but then you'll get the people that don't who are struggling right now. And you and I both know I'm assuming you and I both know that there are people struggling out there right now, whether they're living paycheck to paycheck, whether they're trying to find affordable housing. When you make decisions, do you have to weigh every single side of the issue? Whether it is, okay, we're going to have to raise taxes, but how do we do it so it's not going to make the biggest impact on those who are trying to go paycheck to paycheck or trying to move out of that area and go into just a quality of life that they can be comfortable with.
1: Yeah, for sure. The district has its fair share of people who are, are struggling as so many are right now just to uh, you know feed their families. Um, but I have to tell you that uh, the district is also one of the wealthiest communities in Canada. The um, average salary here is something like 150,000 a year. Um, and a huge percentage of people who live here, 40, 50 percent have their mortgages paid off. So this is a community that is, you know, unlike many other communities in Canada, we are blessed. And, um, and I think people live very, very well here. Um, People are happy, like it's a great life. Um, And so that when I think you look at all of those factors, that is why at the end of the day, um, there was a certain comfort level. Uh, among I'm going to say the majority for having uh, a slightly larger increase in taxes this year than there has been in previous years.
0: I want, I want to turn to some of the issues and challenges that the North Vancouver, just the district of North Vancouver has. But before I ask this first question, I'm going to preface it by saying this is a conversation between the councillor and myself. This is her opinion. This is not a motion of council. This is not a direction of council. This is not a policy of council. This is her opinion. I don't know why, but I seem to get emails whenever I ask this question from people across this country, but I need to preface it every single time. Um Counselor, in your opinion, you've talked about some of the issues that uh, the district is facing today, whether that be infrastructure, whether that be housing, whether that be development uh, developments. But in your opinion, what is the biggest challenge that it faces the uh, district today, as of recording this episode?
1: Definitely the housing crisis, and I think you heard this from other counselors uh, throughout Metro Vancouver. It's it's a it's a crisis, and it's affecting people's lives profoundly uh, on many different kinds of levels. Um, so that concerns me every single day, um, and uh, is something that we're all working towards. Uh, right now, we are one of the, the uh, 10 municipalities in BC that was identified as being on the I don't want to. I don't want to use the term the naughty list but that's what it was that's what it's been coined as um to um to try to meet housing targets set by the province under provincial legislation so we're working through that right now uh with the goal of of uh on the other side of things m- trying to move more housing along more quickly particularly the housing that's you know, needed for um, the affordable housing that's needed on on many different um, levels and in many different areas of our district.
0: Now, I've been to North Vancouver once, I've driven through it. I I stopped there for like 15 minutes, so I can't say I know it quite well. But I'm going to ask this question, and I apologize for my ignorance here. Um, Your community seems to be at the edge. There's no way to go uh, out, but you can go up. Is there yeah. the diverse housing that is the diversity of housing? What you're looking at as well, not just the housing crisis in general, but maybe it's a 64-story apartment condo, or maybe it is a townhouse that has five houses in a row. What 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 solutions is North Vancouver looking at right now to sort of do the first steps in trying to address these housing crises that your community is facing right now?
1: Yeah, we're looking at a bunch of a, de- a bunch of different things because no no one um, policy is going to provide a silver bullet solution. Um, definitely, density is is one of them. Uh, we're looking at um, increasing um, the amount of density on single family homes um, to increase the number of duplexes and triplexes and fourplexes, that kind of thing. Um, we're just in the early stages of considering a policy surrounding that as to what our single family homes could um, could could have in terms of zoning for that. Um, we're also, uh, there's been you several have de- developments.
0: I apologize to ask this, but do you have developed developers lined up asking to build in North Vancouver right now? Like, no. because, uh, okay, <laughs> thank you for your honesty there. Then how do you solve a housing crisis without the developers? And I mean that with with respect because municipalities should not be in the role of building houses. And if they are, good for them. Because if you have a lot of money, you can do it. But you need developers to build. How do you attract developers? How is North Vancouver trying to attract developers to say, hey, we have areas. We have places where you can actually build houses and build uh, developments in our community, which will help you and help us as well at the same time.
1: Right. Well, that's what I would really like to see more developers coming to the table with innovative projects that include some piece of, of social uh, affordability. Um, the district has uh, a reputation uh, from previous Councils that it's the district of no Vancouver um, <laughs> and in terms of development because so many projects were turned down in the past and we have a new council now that has been around for a year I think we're on a path now to uh, moving things forward more quickly and hopefully that sends a message to more developers to uh to um um, pursue opportunities that that exist here. I can tell you they they kind of dance around it quite a bit. They try and meet with us all separately and just test the waters with each one of us to see which way we're going to vote on all these things. And, and it's super time consuming. And I, sh- I sort of think it shouldn't have to be that way. It should be a simpler, more transparent process. Um, Is and, there buy in uh,
0: from the general public? Because We talked about NIMBYism a little bit a while back, but NIMBYism, and from this is Chris Brown saying this, this is not the counselor saying this, but NIMBYism can just go away for like 20 minutes and let us try to solve this issue because I think it's a major issue that's affecting a lot of communities. Is there buy-in from the general public to say, yes, we need more affordable housing? Yes, we need more variety of uh, uh, developments in our community so that way people can move here, lower our taxes. So we're not going every year and saying we want our taxes raised, as you just said, and we can get more people in the community. We can possibly bring more services to the community as well with a bigger population
1: yeah, so many problems to be solved with increasing the population and giving them a place to live for sure. Yes, definitely there's uh, nimbyism and um and legitimate community concerns uh, when it comes to to large developments going into um, various places, uh, town centers and such um and a lot of it stems from the concerns about the transportation well where are all these people going to park their cars and where how are they all going to get on and off the bridge uh we already have you know congestion in our in our districts that's so intense so it's a tricky it's tricky because um we know we have to grow we know the only way to grow is up uh, in terms of density and um that's uh, it, it's got to be done uh, with the community in mind, and the community's needs in mind. Um, and it's got to be done in a, in a way that's, you know, aesthetically uh, acceptable to people living in those neighbourhoods.
0: How do you balance the issues that council sees on a day-to-day basis with the issues that come to you on a day-to-day basis? Because uh, administration will do up the package. They'll present the package in front of you, but you'll hear probably a range of issues from emails, from phone calls, from people stopping you on the street to talk to you about their issues, whether it be parks, whether it be uh, sidewalks, potholes, this, that, or the other. And you as a counselor and council have to look at those issues individually and what the city is dealing with on a as on a on a citywide basis, whether it be development or infrastructure, and try to figure out who's going to get what they want every year. I know you're in your first year, and I know this is kind of a weird question to ask you, but have you been able to balance the needs of the many with the needs of the few to make sure that everyone feels like they're getting ahead in their community?
1: Well, I sure hope so. You're going to have to ask our, <laughs> our constituents. That. I mean, um, it is. Like, will you,
0: yeah, will you, will you listen to everyone, even the people who may disagree with you on issues that you vehemently oh, think that that you should be voting on?
1: I think, um, I think that's our job. It's really important to listen to. Can, can you
0: tell a few of your other counselors that then? <laughs> Not not North Vancouver, for those who North Vancouver, I, I don't know who you are, so I apologize, but just counselors in general across Canada. Uh,
1: well, that, that's an interesting response to it. I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? I don't, I don't quite get why anyone would think you're not supposed to be listening to everyone.
0: But the, 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 the echo chambers there, right? And I think that's where I think I should have uh, probably alluded to a little bit. There's social media, there's the social media echo chamber, there's the uh, there's the uh, coffee groups that you have on a regular basis, uh, echo chamber that you'll always hear the same thing. Are you are are, do you see yourself as needing to go out and not just talk to the people who will always give you what uh, answers to your questions that you want, but go talk to people who may not and may not be. there might be an apathetic nature to their uh, involvement in municipal governments.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, we hear from people in a number of different ways. Uh, I hear from them, as you said, what just walking around um, when I'm out at events and things. Um, but I also, you know, we, we hear from some people um, um, who are quite angry who come to council about, you know, various issues or how they may be affected um but i i do find that um and i found this as a journalist too uh that people are quite respectful and um and it's uh it's 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 not in any way a challenge to listen to their to their thoughts and i welcome it um having said that i i i mean i understand that the world of the twitterverse and the social media is is just out of control in terms of the hate that exists there and the amount of you know just garbage that's that's on it um and so far uh in my political world it's it's i don't find it overwhelming i feel like it's pretty easy for me to separate the legitimate stuff from just the garbage and i don't pay any attention to it uh the garbage that is so i have yeah. one last
0: question in this subject before i move on but it's kind of a uh, harken back to the first segment that i was talking about the role of a counselor now as a journalist who was prominent on global tv you you probably got stopped and people asked you questions about what's going on in the news or pitching their news idea to you. I know that as a small town journalist, I got that a few times in my life. So you might've experienced that as a journalist, but as a counselor, you you openly said it's a part-time job, but it's a full-time career because you are counselor, no matter where you go, you go to the grocery store, you go to the park, your cat, your counselor, Pope. Have you found the balance of being Counselor Pope with just being Catherine from time to times? And has that differentiation, pardon my French, pardon my English, incorrect pronunciation there, uh, have you been able to balance the two roles of being Counselor Pope and just Catherine and just being yourself and just relaxing from time to time?
1: To be honest with you, I think most most members of the public don't have a clue that I'm ai am a counselor. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I think most people don't really follow municipal politics, uh, as I'm sure you're aware. It's a very small number of um, people who actually follow or listen in or go to council meetings. Um, so Even with your
0: career path beforehand, you don't think that's true? You don't think oh. people know... <laughs>
1: Well, there is that, but frankly, I get more recognized for being a former journalist than I do for being a city councilor, which is fine with me. Um, but yeah, no, I don't find that I have a, a difficulty with sort of work-life balance. So, why do you think there is an apathy?
0: It, it brings up a good subject, and I'm going to oh, shrink my next. That is,
1: yeah, that is such a tough question. I mean, I'm I'm so glad that that you've got your program um out there exploring what's going on in the world of uh, municipal politics because it's so important to people's lives and yet in the last election we only had a 22% voter turnout which is appalling really it's really not the will of the people in any way um and i i i don't know what the answer is we all struggle with it we all know that uh that one of the big answers is getting more youth involved uh, and I have some hope that way that youth will get involved and young people um, but it's it's a tough nut to crack haven't figured
0: it out yet. I want to get to the third segment here, and it's my most important one, I think, because I believe yes. tourism is a big factor in this country. And I think more Canadians should be visiting our own backyards than going off to America or Mexico and visiting some of the hidden gems that municipalities have on display uh, counselor for you for the district of North Vancouver. What are the hidden gems that people should come and see if they're coming through? Hypothetically, the week this airs and someone's in Vancouver and they're going to spend an afternoon traveling through North Vancouver, what should I go and see?
1: Well, the greatest thing about the District of North Vancouver, in addition to the people who live here, is uh, the great outdoors. That is what makes North Vancouver so unique. And literally the access is five minutes away from most people's homes. Um, And so really there from Grouse Mountain to Lynn Valley to deep Cove to Edgemont Village, all of it is nestled in mother nature. And um, it makes getting outside any time of the year in the district of North Vancouver, a spectacular experience. So I encourage anyone coming over to this part of the city to just get out in the forest, get up the mountain. Uh, We live right next to it and we are so blessed to have this as our backyard.
0: Where do you go? Where do you go in the community to recenter yourself? After a long day of meetings, after a stressful day of council, where do you go to just let it all go and recenter yourself so that way the next day you're back at it and giving 110%? I go to a place
1: that's about five minutes from here that's called Mosquito Creek. I, I I'm um, assuming that that doesn't sound very appetizing to me because <laughs> with the name Mosquito, I'm not going, but please explain. Yeah. Uh It's a misnomer really. it's there's uh, anyway, it's just a lovely trail up a creek. and in the middle of winter, it's a roaring, almost a river. And in the summer it's just a trickle, but at all times it's absolutely beautiful and one of the most popular dog walking zones in uh, in Vancouver.
0: Um, last question for you, and it's the million dollar question. and I ask this to every councilor and mayor to end every episode, so you're no exception. What makes the District of North Vancouver such a unique place to live, to work, and to raise a family?
1: That's it, I think. It's access to Mother Nature. It is right beside us, and it is glorious for families, for kids growing up, for adults. For, uh, uh, it is, uh makes our community vibrant and healthy. And, um, and I think that, again, we are so lucky to live here and that's what makes it unique um, compared to much of the rest of even Vancouver.
0: Catherine, I want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for sitting down, taking time out of your busy schedule and doing this. I also want to take a moment and say thank you Thank you for serving your community. Thank you for doing everything you are doing to make your community a better place. We need counselors like you who are engaged, involved, and also active in trying to make their communities better. So thank you so much for doing what you do.
1: Thank you very much for your interest in municipal politics and for getting the word out of its importance in people's lives. I appreciate it.
0: I want to thank our guests for joining us today for a great episode of the Cross Border Interviews. And I want to thank you for listening or even watching this episode. Your continued support and interest in delving deep into the issues that shape our communities across Canada is both inspiring and essential to what we're doing here on the show. Now, as we wrap up, it is our hope that you've gained valuable insights into the intricate world of municipal politics through our guest today. Now, if you found this dialogue as engaging as I did, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. By subscribing, you're not just staying up to date with the latest conversations, but you're also playing a pivotal role in supporting our endeavor to bring you more meaningful content like you saw today. Now, we couldn't embark on this journey without your support. Creating content that sheds light on the issues affecting municipalities requires dedication. Now, if you believe in our mission and want to help us to continue to grow, please consider visiting our support page linked in our show notes and on our website at crossborderinterviews.ca. Every contribution, big or small, goes a long way in ensuring that we can help deliver the kind of content that you've come to expect from us. Now, once again, thank you for being part of the cross-border interviews community. Your engagement is what fuels our passion for shedding light on the issues that truly matter. Until next time, stay informed, stay engaged, and most importantly, just keep talking.